You're listening to iOS Dev Break. 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to iOS Dev Break, episode 27. Really nice to be back, and uh, we've got some interesting news and some other topics lined up for you today. Um, first of all, I, I want to apologize because there, there may be some background noise. Uh, we have some family visiting, so uh, hopefully that won't be too much of a problem. But uh, anyway, let's get started for this episode. The biggest news that you've probably already heard or been aware of is that WWDC has been announced by Apple, and this is always an exciting time of year. The several months leading up to WWDC, everybody making their plans, what they're going to do, uh, how what arrangements they're going to make, and so forth. I will probably just be down there for one day, uh, probably the Monday. Uh, I'll have to see how that um, how my schedule shakes out for that. But uh, it sure is exciting, and uh, the registration for that will be happening um, March 20th, or at least the, the deadline to register is March 20th. So you put your name in the hat, and uh, you will be picked, and or not picked. Um, but uh, yeah, so, and the, the cost this year, it's, I think, basically the same, uh, $1,599, so $1,599.00. Uh, U.S. and it will again be in San Jose at the McInerney uh, Convention Center there in San Jose. So it's, that's exciting and, and not really a surprise. In fact, everybody was kind of speculating ahead of time that this was going to be the the dates that uh, that was it was going to happen. And it's the June third through the seventh. So June third through the seventh, two thousand nineteen, in San Jose. So hopefully you can make it. If not, they will be streaming again. And last year they did, uh, they had live streaming and then the videos came up uh, very soon afterwards too to be able to, to watch and then they had transcriptions. So uh, that's all very exciting to, uh, to, to see. And yeah, who knows what's going to happen this year? Uh, iOS 13, obviously. Um, and also in some interesting news that just happened, we, we got some new iPads, the iPad mini was updated and I'm personally really excited about this because uh, my daughter has an, a Gen 1 iPad mini and it can only go up to iOS 9 and uh, I've been I was sort of thinking recently should I get her a uh, an iPad fourth gen uh, and then boom they announce this uh, so I don't know if I'm gonna go for this the nice thing is that it is um, it does support the the pencil evidently it's the first generation pencil from what I've been hearing and uh, but it does and that's fine um, but it does support um, the multitasking features of uh, of iPad and uh, so also what was released was the iPad Air so we got the iPad mini and the iPad Air uh, sort of a reboot of the the iPad Air in a 10.5 inch form factor, and it does support the keyboard, so that's pretty cool. I also was thinking of uh, possibly getting a new uh, iPad for my wife, and I, I was debating whether it should be the baseline iPad or the 11 inch iPad Pro. But now I'm thinking the Air might just be the right thing to do because she definitely wanted the keyboard. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's all great, exciting news. 
new iPads and also uh, evidently the iMac was also uh, revved, kind of got some speed bumps and uh, that kind of thing. So uh, if you're interested in that, go to apple.com and read up on the specs for those devices. And uh, yeah, so it's a really exciting time. Uh, who knows what they're going to save for WWDC if they're already releasing these things. So that's all pretty exciting. Uh, so that's kind of the major news thing that's been uh, happening lately. Uh, I just wanted to mention a couple of things. Uh, one of one thing that I, I wanted to to talk about was that there was a really excellent talk on product management for independent iOS developers. That's the title of it, and this is by Dave Verwer, who does the um, the iOS Dev Weekly news, newsletter. So uh, if you like that newsletter, uh, it's really great to see Dave do this particular talk. And uh, one of the things that he highlights is the what he calls the virtuous cycle of marketing. And I thought this was very clever. And then he goes into uh, details about it, uh, how the, the basically the cycle goes from research to to building, to getting feedback, and then to to market. And then it just starts over and over again. So it's this, this cycle. So if that interests you, I highly recommend it that you go ahead and check it out. And I will put the link in the show notes. So I uh, hope you enjoy that. All about product management. Um, let's see. One of the other things that kind of came up, I guess technically this is a news item, um, but there was a little bit of commentary that came out of this, uh, or at least some opportunity for commentary. Uh, that uh, This was a couple weeks ago. There was an, a music app that got released, and I believe it's called Soar, uh, S-O-O-R. Um, so maybe it's Soar or Soar. Um, but at any rate, uh, so uh, what was interesting was that um, the developer released a music player app that is uh, gesture-based navigation, and it's kind of a unique in- interface uh, choice and uh, how it how it navigates. Um, so, it, so if you're interested, go ahead and and check that out. Uh, it's again the title is Soar S O O R, and uh, one of the things that kind of came out of this was the fact that it was a an app that was priced at around ten dollars, and um, there was a there seemed to be a lot of kerfuffle about this particular choice of pricing the app at ten dollars. Like a lot of folks were complaining about this, and it, it really got me thinking that it's kind of sad that we're in this state where where people are putting up such a fight to pay for software that people have worked very very hard to produce. And if if someone chooses to put their app at a price point of ten dollars, and they think that the app is worth that price, then that's their choice. And um, and then uh, we as the consumers have the choice to either buy it or not buy it. If we don't think it's worth it, then don't buy it. So, um, so I honestly I have not bought it mostly because I looked at the navigation and some of the things that it offered and it didn't really do it for me, so to speak. So, um, I don't, for me, I don't think I will invest in it, but if it, if it had the features that I was really looking for in a music player, then I probably would have gone for it. Um, because 10 bucks really isn't that much, especially in, you know, uh, latte economics or, uh, sandwich economics, you know, 10 bucks buys you a, uh, moderately decent sandwich these days in the United States, uh, and maybe uh, two high-end coffees. 
um, would go for for ten bucks, you know. So uh, it's it really is kind of sad that uh, folks were putting up such a fight uh, to um, for for paying this. Um, but I, I guess I, I understand, you know, money's tight for a lot of a lot of people. So. Um, at any rate, I think with regard to the $10 pricing, uh, that it, it's one of those things like, uh, this is something that I've been exploring for a project that I'm working on because we have to make these choices as, as we are developing our business and developing an app. Should we go for upfront pricing or should we go for a subscription model or, um, should we go free with ads or free with ads and then, uh, like a freemium kind of model where you you pay to remove the ads or perhaps pay to add uh, premium content or premium features. Uh, so that's another thing to, to consider. Uh, in this particular instance, I think it might have made sense to do it maybe like 99 cents a month and then maybe uh, do a 9.99 yearly subscription or something that way you just keep you keep getting that subscription uh, uh, revenue from that um but again it's it's up to everyone's choice how they want to to price it and a lot of times you have to experiment with it because what may work for your app may may be different for someone else's so there's that that uh, topic of pricing and, and and apps and it's something I think we'll be wrestling with for a while, especially if Apple rolls out any other new ways of being able to uh, to pay for apps. Um, so we'll, we'll see uh, how that all all goes. Again, I'm I'm still I'm wrestling with this, and I I don't think for me uh, upfront pricing works anymore. That's just I'm, for my opinion. Um, I think uh, either the ads and pay to remove ads, even though I hate using ads and most of us do, most of us hate seeing ads. Um, but there's that. And then also the, uh, you know, freemium having a, a free app where you, you pay for extra features, uh, and then also the sub- subscriptions. So I think those are the kind of the three, three big ones the, the winners now. Um, make your choice wisely and uh, then and change it if you need to. The uh, The next topic I wanted to chat about is something that I think I discussed a while back and uh, it was a, a listener question about building UIs with storyboards versus code. And at the time, I, f- I feel like my answer was leaning heavily towards using storyboards just because at the time that's what I like to use. And I still do use storyboards. Um, but one of the things that I have sort of changed about the way that I approach these things now is because I've been working on a project now, uh, with a, another, with a company that has a, a pretty big, uh, sports app and, uh, they, that team builds everything in, in code. For me, that was a bit of a switch. Uh, the nice thing is it was all in Swift. And um, what I came to realize is that the way that the language is now and the way that uh, auto layout is handled now, and I'll get to this why in just a second here, uh, it makes it a lot easier to build your UIs in code when you want to. Um, the, the major thing that makes this a lot easier now is the NS layout anchor. And this is a, a way to very easily set up your constraints in your user interfaces. And uh, if because of NS Layout Anchor, it, it gives you much less code than you used to have when you would set up constraints. 
Um, you don't have to do with deal with the visual format language, uh, which is interesting in itself. Um, but if you are hesitant about doing it in code, I highly recommend that you check out NS Layout Anchor, and there are some some good uh, tutorials about that, especially on useyourloaf.com. There's an excellent article on this uh, on that site, and I'll put the the link to it in the show notes. Uh, but you'll see just how easy it is to build out your user interfaces with uh, using NS Layout Anchor. Now, uh, in- interestingly, the team that I work with uh, has a an abstraction layer over uh, Auto Layout on much of the, the the features of Auto Layout. And actually, it's a really great library, and I believe it's it's open source. And if it is, I'll 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 mention what it is on on the, the show uh, in a future episode as a follow up item because um, I don't have the the link with me right now. But um, so it's it's a very complete and very good. Uh, abstraction layer over auto layout. I really like using it. But uh, what I've been finding on my own project here uh, is that NS Layout Anchor gives me pretty much the things that I need for the basics. So, um, so, and I, I usually like to stick with using Apple's technologies and Apple, uh, you know, pure native SDK kind of uh, stuff. So um, instead of using, bringing in other libraries, but um, if, if you like using libraries and don't have a problem with it, then uh, maybe using a, an abstraction layer uh, would would make some sense. The uh, last thing that I'd like to mention and uh, bring up is uh, sort of a, a topic of education. And uh, if you have not been following what's been going on with Free Code Camp, they have a program called 100 Days of Code, and it's where you commit to doing an hour a day every day of coding, programming, learning some new aspect of software development. So this is good if you are trying to learn something new that you haven't done. Um, Maybe you are not a software developer and you want to learn how to do it, then this is a great way to get started with it. Um, But I also thought it was uh, really cool that uh, Paul Hudson got on board with this and he created a program called 100 Days of Swift. So uh, he has it's it's a course that you can you can do every day and learn a little aspect of Swift every day over the course of 100 days. I don't know how Paul does this. Uh, he, he is so prolific in his uh, the material that he produces. He's also doing the podcast with Sean Allen. So um, it's Swift over coffee is what that, that one's called. Great podcast. I encourage you to listen to it. Um, but. At any rate, um, so if you are thinking about learning how to develop with Swift, uh, or perhaps just want to maybe um, sort of smooth over the rough edges, then maybe that's something you could look at. So uh, I'll put the link to that in the show notes, and that is uh, 100 Days of Swift. And of course, that's with the the Hacking with Swift uh, website. And uh, so... I encourage you to check it out. You could probably just Google it and find it, and you'll you'll be able to see what I'm talking about there. Hopefully you enjoy it. And kudos to Paul Hudson for putting that together because it's a really great educational resource. And at that, that is about all we have for this week. I hope you are having a great week, hopefully doing some great iOS development, whether it's a side project or maybe it's your main work, your day job that, that you've got uh, going. And... Uh, I uh, hope the rest of the week goes well, and I'll try to get a new episode out. I probably won't 
do it for another two weeks, I think. Uh, we'll see. Um, if I can get it out sooner, I will, but I got a lot of things, I got a lot of irons in the fire right now. So at that, that's about it for this, uh, this episode, and uh, I will catch you on the flip side on iOS Dev Break. Thank you for listening to iOS Dev Break with your host, Evan K. Stone. If you would like to learn more information about the podcast or read the show notes, or if you would like to hear more episodes, go to iosdevbreak.com. You can also find various other ways of supporting the show there, so we encourage you to check it out. You can also follow and tweet feedback and questions to the show on Twitter at iosdevbreak, and please spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. If you would also like to support the show in a monetary way, please go to patreon.com forward slash iosdevbreak, and there you can find out how to help us out just for a dollar a month. If you are interested in sponsoring a future episode, please send an email to sponsor at iosdevbreak.com. Thank you again for listening to iOS Dev Break, and until next week, we will catch you on the flip side. iOS Dev Break is a production of Interactive Logic. 